0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group, the team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973 and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Writer Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And I don't have Honey with me today after uh, watching the debate today. I think uh, Honey just had enough debating and uh, decided to sit this one out. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, he uh, had some tech issues right before we're going to go on, which is unfortunate, but uh, he's just. Tired of uh, me getting all these predictions, these series predictions dead on. So uh, it is what it is, but I'm joined by Jacob Rue today. Jacob, uh, it's been a long long time since we did one of these. Uh, Let's try and make sure things aren't too hostile today.
1: I just want to note, I correctly predicted both the Houston and Denver series as well. I don't know how uh, decorated your series prediction record is, but I'm right there with you.
0: So far, Lakers in five has been a very successful uh, formula for me. So uh, maybe that'll be my prediction today. You guys will have to stay tuned to, to find out. I do have Hani's series prediction, so um, we'll, we'll see if he can actually – he's getting the team right every time, so I'll give him credit on that. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. We're, I mean, I'm, I'm perfect so far. I don't think Hani can catch me. He tried to be bold in the last series and guessed Lakers in four over the Nuggets. And uh, maybe if the Lakers would have cared about Game 3, he would have been right, but uh, it is what it is. So today we're going to be talking about the NBA Finals. Man, it feels good to say that we are previewing an NBA Finals matchup that includes the Los Angeles Lakers, but here we are. The 2020 NBA Finals, Lakers and Heat, we're less than 24 hours by the time we're recording this, and... I'm excited, man. I feel like a like a kid on Christmas Eve, like ready to open open my presents the next day. And I'm ready to get this series going. And hopefully it doesn't end in heartbreak for us. Hopefully it ends uh, the way we've wanted this season to end. And it would be a perfect end to a magical run. So uh, as always, guys, if you like this podcast, we do these live. Uh, so you can stream us on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders and follow us there. You can subscribe to us on YouTube and make sure you turn on those notifications so you get a notification. When we're going live, we usually take about five to ten minutes to let people kind of gather in and then go. And then, of course, if you like us on Facebook as well, you can uh, you can see us stream live there as well. And then after the fact, I'll, I'll edit these and, and throw them up on uh, whatever podcast platform you get your podcasts uh, will be on there. So, all right, let's dive into this series. Jacob, the Lakers rolled through the Western Conference in a way I think Kind of surprised a lot of people. I mean, for me personally, this underdog Laker team being able to just win every series in five games is pretty remarkable. But given, you know, a lot of times, well, I don't want to say a lot of times, but sometimes you see a team get to the finals and it's not really their toughest matchup. That they face in that playoffs, I think like uh, the 2002 West uh, Western or the 2002 title run for the Lakers was a perfect example of that, where the Kings were their toughest matchup, and then they got to the Nets and and swept them and had no problems. I don't think that's the case this time. This this Miami Heat team is really good and probably going to be the Lakers' toughest test, right? I go back and I was
1: really worried about the Nuggets. Maybe I just was afraid. I don't, maybe I gave the Clippers too much credit and didn't. Um... Recognize how fraudulent they were, but uh, I was pretty worried about the Nuggets. This Heat team—they've been really damn good in the bubble, and it's—I—I I started to go back and watch some of the Lakers Heat Heat games from the regular season. The one in Miami was a really fun one, but they're such a different team. Um, like Myers Leonard was starting for um quite a bit and, and had a pretty big role during the regular season and he has played nine minutes um in the playoffs he played over a thousand minutes during the regular season um they just kind of embraced between the trades they made uh with for J. crowd well i guess one trade for J. crowder and iggy they just embraced small ball and this is a it was a fun team to watch, but now that we're here in the finals, I'm i a little worried about them. It's going to be a tough. I'm uh, going to have to grind out a lot of these games. I think a lot of these games are going to be rock fights, basically.
0: Yeah, it's. I hate. On one one sense, I was kind of rooting for Miami out of the Eastern Conference because I, they're super likable. Like I've always mm-hmm. I've always liked Jimmy Butler, and just kind of the way he operates, his leadership, you know, his toughness, both physically, mentally, all that stuff, and. This this like I said this team is is very likable and they got a lot of guys that just play hard uh, they play really a great brand of basketball I think Eric Spolstra kind of gets forgotten about at times you know and then he like you know kind of shows his true uh, his true coaching abilities and everybody's like oh yeah that guy is really good and I think that's kind of what we've seen in this this postseason run that that he's one of the best coaches in the league and this team. Plays hard for them. They execute extremely well, both offensively and defensively. They're very tough. And, you know, they, I mean, they rolled through the Eastern Conference as well. And, you know, it wasn't really a cakewalk for them. You know, I thought they, they beat a pretty damn good Pacers team in four. Uh, they beat Milwaukee in five. Obviously, Giannis and Tenokupo missed uh, a game and a half in that series. And, you know, that is what it is. But, I mean, they were beating Milwaukee pretty handily when Giannis was there. Um, And then they beat the Celtics in six, could have been, could have been five, um, you know, but they, they got the job done. They're just, they're tough, man. They're very well balanced. And we've seen some people say that they kind of remind them of the 2004 Pistons a little bit. Um, Yeah. I don't know how much this team compares to them, like from a personnel standpoint, because that Pistons team was big. Like they were big, they were tough, physical, they had good length. Uh, like Ben Wallace was like a smaller center, um, but a great defensive center. But you also had Rasheed Wallace, you had Tayshaun Prince, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups. You know, they that team was really, really good and I think a little overlooked. I don't know if anybody's overlooking this Heat team. You know, I think people understand kind of the run that they're on. But it's very tough to gauge this series because obviously the Lakers won the two matchups that they played in the regular season. But the last time that they played, I believe, was December thirteenth. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about nine, what nine, almost ten months since these two teams have seen one another. So, they're very different. I think both teams are very, very different. The Lakers uh, have obviously grown since then. The but or the the Jimmy Butler led Heat have grown since then, and it's it's tough to, to gauge off of the regular season stuff. But you can, you know, pull some stuff from from film breakdowns and things like that. So it'll be really, really interesting to see because when you get, especially when you get to the finals, you know, in the NBA, where you, these two teams have only played each other twice. And that's, I mean, that's the case every year. Teams are a little unfamiliar with one another and that, I mean, that can play a big role in this, right. And teams uh, in terms of how these teams prep for one another.
1: Yeah. I'm Looking back at that box score from their last game, Jared Dudley played 16 minutes. Uh, We didn't have Keefe, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how much Waiters or JR will factor into this series, but we didn't have either of them. Um, And as I said, Myers Leonard started for them. Um, Kendrick Nunn played 35 minutes. He's been kind of hot and cold. I think he had an injury. Um, It's kept him out for a good chunk of the playoffs. Um, Tyler Hero, wasn't quite what he was, I get, or what he is, at least what he was in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, these are such different teams. And yeah, that doesn't even mention Jay Crowder, Igudala, um, both who have played quite a few minutes uh, for them. They've played. Igudala's played 290 minutes, Crowder's played 470. Um, you really can't take hardly anything in terms of like personnel from those games Mm -hmm. um the play styles will be the big thing Miami uh this season at least during the regular season was a team that used zone most often and that's one of the big things that I'm interested to see if they go to it and how effective it is um because I assume that is going to be something that the Lakers are going to drill, drill for, um, be prepared for, and in theory they have um, the personnel to really tear that zone apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put AD right at the right at the free throw line, and he can either knock down that mid range shot or he can do some high low passing. Um, LeBron is the same. You probably the most dangerous man in those situations. Um, He, whatever way they decide to attack it, um, I see a lot of success for the Lakers in that regard. Um, I was trying to get it pulled up, but it does look, yeah, they played almost twice as much zone as anybody else this season, the Mm -hmm. Heat. Um, 802 possessions. Next closest was 469. They'll definitely see it. It'll challenge the Lakers shooting a bit. Um, That's going to be an interesting thing, I think, from the start. Not even, Like I said, not even talking personnel is if Miami comes out in the zone and how the Lakers attack it. Honestly, I have a lot of optimism if they do come out in that zone. Between AD and LeBron, um, AD just lives in that mid-range area. He can... Um, tear apart that zone in a couple different ways and LeBron's passing. I'm honestly not worried about the zone as uh maybe some other teams probably were when they matched up with Miami.
0: Yeah, it's been a huge shocking point going into this this series is the is Miami's zone. How is the, how are the Lakers going to be prepared for that? You know, what can they do to combat that? I think the Lakers might have two of the best or maybe the two best players to attack a zone. Uh, ideally with a zone, I mean, you want to get the ball into the middle of the zone. And with a guy like, I think Anthony Davis might be the best player equipped to attack a zone in the league right now because of his his size, his length, his just overall skill level, his ability. Um, so I'm not overly worried about the zone. I do worry that the Lakers might settle for a lot of three-point shooting, and the three-point shooting has been kind of hit and miss that's kind of a, one of the keys in this in this series, and I'll talk about that um, here in a little bit. But I think the Lakers are well equipped to to attack this zone, but it's it's they're going to have to execute. It's you know, in theory, I think getting the ball to AD in the middle, or even getting the ball to LeBron in the middle, and basically you know seeing that defense converge and just letting LeBron pick it apart and find an open shooter, cutter, or whatever. Um, I think that's going to be probably your best bet. Now, if the Lakers can hit open threes, guys like KCP, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Caruso is probably going to have some open looks. Rondo is probably going to have open looks. If guys hit open threes, this this series, I think, can be done fairly quickly. Um, and that's no disrespect to, to Miami. I just think when the Lakers hit threes, I, I don't think a team is going to beat them. And I think the the, the line that they have to hit, uh, I, I think I saw a tweet on this. I don't know if it's true or not, but... They're undefeated in the postseason when they shoot over 30% from the three point line, is what I saw, which is crazy. Like how low that bar is that the Lakers have to hit three out of every 10 threes that they shoot to probably be damn near unbeatable. That is, I believe, league average is 35%. Um,
1: so that is significantly below league average. And it has been, I mean, that's kind of been the case all season long. Um I was trying to pull up what A D shooting in mid range just to uh to add on to your point. Um well,
0: during the playoffs it's been insane. Like his yeah. his jump shooting has been unbelievable.
1: I'll try to pull that up here in a minute. But yeah, I agree there there may not be a better player or a player better equipped to tear apart a zone right now than um than A D. So I, I wonder how much they're gonna do that. I think he's also gotten a lot better at passing. Um mm-hmm. In these playoffs, you used to be able to double him, <clears throat> but now I think he knows where the open guys are and is able to uh, to punish teams who trap him or try to double him. Um, so he's going to be a he's going to be a tough matchup for them because assuming they go small to start, which is what they've done with Bam at center. Mm-hmm. Um, they're either going to have Bam on him, which I still would take AD in that, or they're going to have, uh, like Jay Crowder on him. And we saw what happened when, uh, PJ Tucker was trying to guard Anthony Davis. So either Bam's going to be on him and that means Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee is going to have a smaller guy or, um... A D will have the smarter guy. And in either situation, I think that's a big advantage for the Lakers. It's gonna be interesting to see with how little Myers Leonard has played, it'd be tough to throw him back onto the floor, but if BAM gets in foul trouble, like it get their their front court depth gets real shallow real quick.
0: Yeah, and I think the rockets kind of showed it's tough to play really small against the Lakers. There, you can have some success yeah. on it. I mean, the Rockets had stretches where they just shot the lights out from three and it really gashed the Lakers. The Lakers kind of figured that out by going with Markeith Morris in there with, with AD. And it's not even like small ball for the Lakers. It's more versatile ball um, and just being faster. But another another thing too with the zone defense that I think AD is very equipped to, to help exploit is the fact that when you're in a zone defense, it's very difficult – to defensive rebound yeah i think (laughs) matt Vazine. i hope you're watching this i'm sure he's rooting for (laughs) i'm sure he's rooting for uh the heat in this series because they're going to play a lot of zone since he's a, a zone defense fanatic being a syracuse fan but one thing that syracuse you know whenever they play i think elite competition like duke north carolina all those teams is, that's the nicest
1: thing you've ever said about Duke. But go yeah, on. Yeah,
0: that's that's it. That's the cutoff right there. But no, they struggle to rebound the basketball, and that's kind of how North Carolina always attacks them. Is just saying let's get shots up, and then we'll just crash the offensive glass. Because when you're in, in a like when you're man to man, you're always fairly close to your guy, right? And a lot of times you're if you know if it's a good perimeter player, you're probably glued to that guy at all times. So it's a little easy to just grab him, box out and that's that. When you're in a zone, as soon as that ball goes up, you got to kind of all all five guys have to turn and find somebody to box out, and sometimes two guys go to one, that leaves another guy coming in, you know, whatever the case may be. It's just, it's very difficult to secure the, the defensive glass when you're in a zone. Um, now, if the Lakers settle for a lot of threes, that could result in some long rebounds, which could be good or bad, depending on kind of which way the ball bounces. It could lead to some breaks for for Miami, but Miami does typically play a little bit slower. They play kind of a more more of a half court style. Hani uh, did note that in his preview, which is up on LakersOutsiders.com. So go read it if you want to hear Hani's thoughts on this series. Um, but the Lakers obviously want to play fast. Def- defense is is kind of the name of the game for the Lakers, right? Like if when they're able to get stops and secure the rebounds. And get out and run. They're so much more effective. So much more effective. And I think we saw it in the Nuggets series where the Nuggets, Nuggets weren't like playing zone per se. But it was kind of like a zone where it was like, all right, we're going to have Jeremy Grant kind of play off LeBron, dare him to shoot. And then the other four guys are just going to stand around the paint. So it was kind of like a, I don't know. It, it, it was kind of like a zone, but not really a zone, if that makes sense. Yeah. So... I don't know. I can see the Heat doing the same kind of thing where it's like, all right, we're going to try and limit LeBron's dribble penetration, and we're going to try and make Anthony Davis shoot jump shots. As great as he's been in the first three series shooting those jump shots, ultimately that's what you're going to want to live with because you just don't want LeBron or AD getting downhill and going going towards the rim because if they do that, they're just absolutely devastating.
1: Yeah, so Anthony Davis is shooting 53% on all mid-range shots um in the playoffs he is 69 of 130 nice very nice um and he's shooting 50 56 percent on those short mid-range shots which presumably would be what he would be getting if he was in the middle of the zone so i don't really know how much they can live with that um but to your point about rebounding the lakers are it's kind of hard to look at playoff stats because it for some teams, are really small sample sizes, but they're second um, in the league in, during the playoffs in offensive rebound percentage, um, mm-hmm. just a tick under 30%, um, while the Heat are basically middle of the road in defensive rebound percentage. Um, so that kind of um, – those stats kind of match up with the point that you were making that it's it's tough to rebound, and the Lakers are – really good about crashing the glass. I mean, obviously we saw what Dwight um, is able to do. I'm sure that uh, their offensive rebound numbers are probably incredibly high when Dwight's on the court Um, because it seems like, especially that Nugget series, he was just gobbling everything up um, and really controlling things. So um, I think we'll see some more JaVale as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The... With Bam, as athletic as he is, JaVale will be able to um, have an impact. And uh, so I think he'll play some minutes too. So uh, I'm really interested in seeing how the Heat kind of handle the Lakers size because for all the talk about the Lakers needing to go small with Anthony Davis, which – in some situations, they they need to. They obviously needed to against Houston. They've still been successful all season long playing big, and at this point, I think do I think there's a, some credence to doing what got you there. So, um, I expect the Lakers for the most part to continue playing big, and I think that'll be. Um, maybe even more so than how the lakers attack the heat zone I, how the heat handle the lakers bigs might be the biggest thing um in this series
0: yeah i think the lakers are probably just in just about any matchup probably the at their best with ad at the 5 but they have been very successful with with ad and dwight out there together or ad and, and JaVale, um or sometimes just dwight at the 5 um yeah, it'll it'll be really interesting to see kind of how they mix and match lineups. I do think the Lakers will will try and play big fairly often. In crunch time, I wouldn't be surprised if they slide AD over to the five and try and provide just a little more spacing for everybody to operate. And and with with AD at the five, you obviously can can switch a lot more things defensively as well. You, I mean, as, as good as Dwight is defensively, you don't want him to get switched out onto like a like a Goran Dragic um, or anything like that. Whereas Anthony Davis can still probably cover a lot of ground uh, guarding a smaller guard that is quicker because he moves like a he basically moves like a wing mm-hmm. <laughs> because he grew up playing like a guard and then went through a you know a major growth spurt I think in in high school and uh, transformed him into this monster of a big man that we now know and love so another thing with I mean with the offensive glass like you said Jacob the Lakers have, have had some success there, and the, really the one game that they lost to the Nuggets, they, I think they were out-rebounded 44-25 to 25 in that game. Um, to me, that, that game, kind of thinking back, I was thinking about on it earlier today, that was really just an effort thing. I mean, the Nuggets played extremely well in that game, so I don't want to take anything away from them, but the Lakers felt like they tried to play, that, play hard for that game for about six minutes and still had an opportunity to win the game in the end. They didn't, but uh, they got crushed on the glass, and they immediately bounced back in the very next game and, and kind of remedied the issue. And we saw, I mean, from a multi multitude of guys, right? Like Rondo has had a handful of like key offensive rebounds in this playoff run. Danny green at times has come, you know, flying out on the, from the wing and and grab some offensive, uh, offensive rebounds. So it's, it's been a group effort. And I think the Lakers will continue to preach that to, to dominate the glass, secure defensive rebounds to obviously not give Miami second chance opportunities and try and create more for yourself because especially in a zone you know if you get those offensive rebounds then they're going to be scrambling quite a bit and that can free up your shooters for open looks or some cutters going to the basket the Lakers do have some guys that can I think cut effectively against this zone I think Kuzma and Caruso probably the two most notable that can find some success cutting against this zone and getting some some looks going towards the basket and I think AD's floater game uh, is going to be important in this this series as well. Especially if he gets the ball in the middle of that zone, uh, he can either turn and hit that 15 footer, or he can get going towards the basket and and hit that floater, or just finishing with his his size, length, and and athletic ability. So, um, I know I've seen some Lakers fans very very worried about this series, and you know I I don't want to cut Miami short at all because I think that they are the best team that the Lakers have have faced in this playoff run even though they've been an underdog in their first three series. They played the greatest eight seed of all time, according to some people. And, yeah, I I don't know. This, this Heat team is tough because they've got some really, really good players. Jimmy Butler's playing great basketball. Tyler Hero's playing great basketball. Uh, they've got shooters. They've got, you know, they're versatile. They're tough, physical, can play defense, can execute offensively. And, yeah, I mean, you brought up Bam Adebayo, and – Like people, I think a lot of people kind of overlooked him a little bit this year. Um, He had a legit case to be like most improved player this year.
1: Yeah, he finished second to Ingram. um, And he did pretty much from an accolade standpoint, everything Ingram did. He was an all-star. He had a huge bump in um, production um, this season. He Uh, 15.9 points, 10.2 rebounds, 5.1 assists, um, I think in the playoffs has really exploded. I mean, the Heat changed their entire, like, approach offensively because of him. So, I mean, really, that's about all you need to know for how good he is. I mean, Mm -hmm. Spolstra is one of the, you mentioned him earlier, possibly one of the most or the most underrated coach, I think, in the NBA. Um, And for him to change their offense entirely, basically throughout the 60-some-odd game sample size they had and changed it for with eight games of preparation, the eight seeding games, um, that took some guts, but they've been able to pull it off because Bam has been incredible for them um in the playoffs he's averaging um if i can get this pulled up he is averaging 18 points um 11.4 rebounds just a tick under five assists shooting 57 percent from the field um about a block a game which we saw what he can do defensively he's for as good as AD is at switching and being able to defend multiple positions, Bam I think is right there with them um, in terms of versatility at least. Um, he's he's so much fun to watch. I know we, I think we both said it at this point. This Heat team's a lot of fun. I've always liked Jimmy. Um, it's fun to watch these rookies um, playing big on a big stage, but uh, I think. I know Jimmy obviously gets a lot of the headlines, but I think Bam is kind of the linchpin to this team. I mean, it's why they were able to switch their play style and um, become the – I mean, they have the same playoff record the Lakers do, so become kind of the dominant team in the East inside the bubble.
0: Yeah. No, Bam is, is legit, and I hope people kind of take notice of him because I think he's, he's really good, man. He's really good, and people – like I said, should should take notice because he was very very good, very very improved this year, and he's he's to me he's he's kind of their X factor um, in this series I think because he has he's going to have his hands full you know having to deal with AD or or Dwight and Javale just all the big bodies that the Lakers can throw at him, but he's going to be a, he's going to be a force to deal with for sure. So um, all right, I want to talk about LeBron a little bit because this I think this is a really it's obviously an interesting matchup because he used to play for the Heat, won a couple championships with them, and there's been, you know, some talk about his motivation level for this series. He he's downplayed it, like he had, he I think he said today that, you know, this series doesn't have any extra meaning for him just because he's playing against one of his former teams or anything like that. But if we know anything about LeBron, it's like he he can be <laughs> very petty and doesn't forget things and, you know,
1: LeBron, no.
0: <laughs> and Pat Riley had some kind of some uh, some criticism launched launched at LeBron when LeBron left the Heat, basically saying like stick around if you have the guts to do so or whatever, something along those lines. And it it, it seemed like a direct shot at LeBron at the time. There's no no chance LeBron has forgotten that, right? Like that's got to be in like the back of his mind, kind of fueling him to to try and win this series.
1: Uh Petty is a very good way to describe LeBron. <laughs> Honestly a little surprised we haven't gotten any like pleasantly surprised we never got any subtweets. Um I would have had Kuzma as like an odds on favorite to be the the player LeBron subtweeted. Um yeah, I mean there's definitely some extra motivation. It I don't know how much it'll I mean, they're in the finals. I don't know how much extra motivation you need. Mm-hmm. Um LeBron's been in these types of situations before. I don't think there was ever any more pressure or mo- more motivation than when he won with Cleveland. Um he had he promised them a title and um had to had to deliver on his promise. So I mean he's been in tougher situations. Um I mean hell those Warriors teams were were extra motivation and probably tougher challenges than um anybody else is probably facing the finals. Those are some of the best teams ever. So um but I mean there's certainly I mean he doesn't forget. Like he 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 wants to prove Pat Riley wrong. Mm-hmm. Um that'll certainly be in the back of his mind. I was really encouraged I tweeted it would have been game four Um, maybe even earlier than that, at some point last series, I tweeted, when do we start worrying about LeBron? Because his jumper looked really bad and he didn't trust it at all. Right. Um, so the way he finished that series, obviously everybody's going to watch that and remember that for a long time, but more than anything, the fact that he was trusting his jumper like those shots he were hit he was hitting spinning off balance fadeaways and then the the three pointer just as the the perfect dagger like him being able to get his shot back and find his rhythm trust his shot again we still haven't aside from that it really wasn't even the whole quarter that like 5 6 minute stretch and that one half against the Rockets, we really haven't seen like supernova LeBron yet. So mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see um, the real playoff LeBron come out in these
0: finals. Like he says, you know, it's it's winning time. Yeah. When when it was winning time in uh, game number four against the Nuggets, he switched on to Jamal Murray and, and locked him up uh, when, when it mattered most. And it's an interesting matchup for, for LeBron in this series. Obviously because of his past history with the heat but i also think it's interesting because the heat have a lot of bodies they can throw at lebron so i'm not overly concerned because lebron is lebron he's always been able to figure it out you know even with those those lot you know when he would lose to the warriors in the finals well it certainly it wasn't because of him um g- given how yeah. insanely talented those warriors teams were lebron still brought it at an unreal level i think what he had like 51 8 and 8 in that one game one uh, where J.R. Smith uh, drilled hey, out the clock. Look it at you,
1: J.R. Smith.
0: <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't worry about LeBron. I, I mean, as long as he's healthy, I think he'll be fine. But it is, you know, going to be a tough matchup for him, right? Given the bodies that Miami can throw at him, they can put Jimmy Butler, they can throw Jay Crowder, they can throw Iguodala, they can throw all these bodies at him. So there's is there. Am I crazy for thinking there's a little bit uh, of concern for that matchup? I kind of go back and forth on it. Um, they have a
1: lot of bodies, but I mean... I'm not entirely sure. is still good. He's still really smart. He had moments last series, but he also didn't play for large portions of last series. Um, I don't want to go as far to call him washed, because he does this all the time where he takes off the whole regular season, and then when it matters, he's incredible. Um
0: Sounds like a certain Laker point guard that I can think
1: of. <laughs> Playoff Iggy. Uh, but, I mean, that Boston series, he had games where he was playing seven minutes, seven minutes, 14 minutes. His, the first three games he played 28 total minutes. That being said, I mean, he wanted, he wanted damn finals MVP for, because of how well he guarded LeBron. Um, so if nothing else, Iggy has more experience than maybe anybody in the league. Maybe anybody ever at guarding LeBron because of those Warrior series mm-hmm. um, that should be worrying. But like, I don't know, Jay Crowder. If he's out there, he was, he went absolutely ice cold from three. Um, I'm any problem he would give LeBron. I mean, he over the last five games in last series, he shot eighteen percent from three um, on about seven, eight attempts per game. There's some trade-off there. Outside of that, I mean, Jimmy, I guess, I'd be surprised if Jimmy guards him a lot until the end. Yeah. Um, I guess in theory, they have some guys. I don't know. It's LeBron James, so, like, yeah. I'm not entirely worried about who they can throw at him because they're, the only person that I think can really stop him is sitting in California without a head coach right now. Um, so I'm not too worried. They do have some bodies. They also only played seven guys basically, um, last series. So, Hmm. I mean, if LeBron starts getting people in foul trouble and stuff like that, you're gonna, I mean, then you're getting to like Derek Jones or guys like that that might have to guard him. Solomon Hill. Um, this is... It's, I, i've been i'm kind of surprised at how little depth this miami team has now um the we've seen how well ad and leBron can draw fouls just go matchup hunting and draw fouls so it'll be interesting to see if that still holds true but i mean that being said i think jimmy was like second in the league in free throws so yeah it'll kind of go both ways but in terms of LeBron I guess my I'm a little worried but as I said he's LeBron I'm not too worried about who's going to be in front of him from
0: Miami it's LeBron James and it's winning time yeah I yeah my level of concern is very very low but I think it is going to be interesting to see how he navigates this matchup because like I said I think we went basically through three series where you know, I I've, I figured Grant would be a, a decent cover for LeBron at times, but other than that, I thought Denver has nobody else for him. The Rockets certainly didn't have anybody for him, and Portland didn't either. Portland couldn't stop anything.
1: No, but, these are definitely the the hardest. This is the hardest matchup he'll have, mm-hmm. without question.
0: Yeah, for sure. But like we said, it's it's LeBron James. It's playoff LeBron. NBA Finals LeBron. I I think will be he'll be just fine. So, all right, last thing we're going to jump to and I'll go ahead and start off because I don't think I, I went over this with you before we went on. Um, I'm going to pick one X factor, um, our, our main X factor for this series. So I'll go ahead and start um, and then we'll do quickly to our series predictions, which I have Hani's prediction, uh, which is sure to be wrong, but <laughs> I'll give it to you anyways. My X factor for the series is, is a simple one. Um, And it's kind of been my X factor for the Lakers basically all year and in all these series, it's the three-point shooting. I think the Lakers have been a little susceptible at times to getting gas from the three-point line. I think we saw it at times with Portland, uh, more so with Houston. Uh, The Nuggets had moments as well. If the Lakers defend the three-point shot and the three-point line well in this series, I think you're going to see them win this, win this NBA championship. And this is going to be tough because this heat team does have guys that can hit threes. I mean, Butler is a capable shooter. Crowder is a capable shooter. Drogic, And obviously Duncan Robinson and Tyler hero are guys that you do not want to leave open. Cause if you, if you do, there's a good chance that they're going to hit their threes. Um, and especially just given how they've played in this, this playoff run hero uh, has been unbelievable the last couple games for, for Miami. And, you can't leave those guys open, man. You cannot leave those guys open. And we talked about it earlier. If the Lakers don't hit their open threes, which we've seen at times, and you know you can't, you combine that with poor, potentially poor three point defense, it could cause some problems for the Lakers. So I think if if they defend the three very very well, um, get a hand up, contest, don't have any you know defensive breakdowns, anything like that, and they just hit open threes because they're going to have open threes. They've had them all year long because teams don't want to get LeBron or AD going downhill and getting towards the basket. So they'll live with guys like KCP, Danny Green, uh, taking these threes. Those guys have got to hit. Man, it would be a great time for Danny Green to return to, like, his San Antonio form and hit open threes. Because if he does, I just don't see the Lakers losing this series. So three-point defense is is a huge thing for me. I I notice it every time the Lakers play the Clippers as well because Paul George – And, you know, a lot of their guys like to shoot a lot of threes. And when they hit threes, they went on some runs against the Lakers. But when they missed, the Lakers went on runs on them. And it's been that way through a number of matchups this year. And I think this this matchup is no exception. So the three-point shooting is going to be a big key and looking at – Um, Miami's last game against the Celtics who are a good defensive team they shot 13 of 27 from the three-point line so this team is very capable of being red hot and the Lakers as we've seen have been very capable of you know being red hot but also being very cold from the three-point line so that's my key Jacob I'm gonna throw it to you what is uh what's your main x-factor for this series
1: before I I give mine would you believe me if I said the heat and Lakers are shooting almost identical from three in the playoffs
0: I would not, but that's... uh...
1: Heat are shooting 35.7%. The Lakers are 35.5%. The Heat take six more a game, Um, so higher volume. I don't disagree with your point, though. I just found that interesting when I went to look up their three-point percentage while you were talking um, because uh, I think they're trending up although the numbers don't back that up. They shot 32% in the conference finals. They certainly have guys who um, can get hot real quick. Like you said, Hero, Duncan Robinson. Dragic has been playing like the best basketball of his career. Uh, we need to get Sasha Vujicic back in here. <laughs> um, if I had to pick an X-Factor, though, I'd go a bit of a different route. I think the... Maybe I, I'm looking too deep at it here. I don't know how much it'll matter in a bubble, but the finals experience stuck out to me as well with this Lakers team versus Heat team. Hmm. Um, LeBron's obviously been to like two dozen finals at this point, whatever the number is. Um, <laughs> 10 and 17
0: years, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, Danny Green has been to a bunch with, San Antonio and Toronto last year. Um, Rondo went to a couple with the Celtics. Dwight obviously played with uh, the Magic in one. JaVale's played in a handful. I don't remember how many exactly. I think two with the Warriors. Um, even J.R. Smith has played in a bunch. Um, I don't know how much those last two will play, but the fact that they have all this experience to lean on Like I said, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but when you compare it to the Heat, who I don't, outside of Iggy, I don't think they have anybody that's played in the finals. Um, This is a really big stage with some really bright lights. Um, It may matter a little less because the fans aren't there. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. that, That stuck out to me when looking at these two teams. Because outside of just finals experience, the Heat rely on a lot of rookies and a lot of inexperienced guys. Uh, Hero's a rookie. Robinson, I think this is his second year, at least during the regular season. Kendrick Nunn, they relied on a ton. Um, Derek Jones Jr. got a lot of minutes. Bam, as we said, was a breakout player. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of young guys that they rely upon on this team. So I'll be interested to see if that experience – pays off in any way um
0: but it's definitely something that caught my eye yeah no that's another interesting point it's it's kind of something I think we've highlighted on this pod throughout the year is how experienced this Lakers team is and how we thought that that would benefit them in the playoffs and we've seen that uh, a number of times I mean the first two series they lose game one and then reel off four straight you know, uh, a lot of times teams lose game one, they, they might be on their heels a little bit and, you know, some guys tighten up because they don't want to drop, you know, to the first two games. And then you're really in a tight spot. But this Lakers team, every time they've lost in the postseason has has answered back with with multiple wins in a row. So, uh, no, I think that's that's an interesting point. I think it's a good point because, like I said, we've we've talked about it a, a few times, at least on this pod. A lot of these guys have been there before. They've played in those games. You know, you, you mentioned it, LeBron, Danny Green, Dwight Howard, all all these guys, you know, a lot of these guys have played in, in big, big moments. So no fans in the stands, but the pressure kind of remains the same. Like these guys know what's at stake. You know, whether there's there's fans or not, obviously it changes the atmosphere at the games, but they know it's like this is it. Like if you you don't know, win this series, ultimately you fall short. You know, and it's been an unbelievable run for, for Miami, who came in as a five seed. Um, although I think a lot of people aren't overly surprised. I think yeah. maybe surprised that they got this far, but everybody, I think, kind of understood that they were a major threat in the Eastern Conference coming in. But, yeah, I, no, I totally agree. I, I think the experience could could play a factor here, and especially LeBron's experience. Obviously, it's the first finals for, for Anthony Davis, but... Um, LeBron, <laughs> this is his 10th time in these finals and, uh, yeah, I'm not overly worried when it, when it comes to that area. So, all right, let's dive into our series predictions. I'm going to just reel off Hani's first and then Jacob, I'll throw it to you. Um, Haney said Lakers in six. He didn't sound overly confident when he texted it to me. So take that for what it's worth. But Hani says Lakers in six. Jacob, what's your prediction for this series? uh don't fix what ain't broke lakers in five all right well jacob and i are gonna agree on this one doesn't happen uh very often <laughs> <laughs> we agree that zone defenses are for cowards yes as well. we do agree on that shout out to matt vizine for rooting for zone defenses like a real weirdo but yeah i'm gonna say lakers in five i was gonna say lakers in six but since Hani said Lakers in six, I'll be different. I can't have the same as Hani, especially because he hasn't gotten one exactly right yet so far in these playoffs. So I'm going to say Lakers in five. And hopefully they're they're holding up a Larry O'Brien trophy Larry at the end of this, this series. I really wanted the Lakers to win this series in the Black Mamba jerseys. But they're only wearing them in games two or seven. So obviously they can't win in game two. And I do not want to deal with the stress of an NBA yeah. Finals game seven.
1: No, I guess the good news is at least for now, the Lakers are unbeaten in them, so that's a good jersey to pick for game seven. But man, it'd have been awesome to. I mean, it could happen, as you said, but it'd be awesome to raise those, raise the trophy in those jerseys.
0: Yeah, that, that was kind of my like a, a dream that I had, like when they, when they finally unveiled those and, and brought them back. And yeah, I was like, man, that would be just a perfect way to end this season but like i said doing doing that whole game seven nba finals thing in 2010 was enough for an entire lifetime i don't don't want to do that ever again (laughs) i'm
1: still recovering from that maybe the the lakers can wear them in their championship parade that'll happen in like 2023 at this point
0: (laughs) we're celebrating the lakers championship from three years ago (laughs) <laughs> hey, maybe they'll, they'll just be on like a 4 peat at that point, and it'll just be one giant party to celebrate all of them. So
1: that's fun. And I'll I'll put money on coups pulling a J.R.
0: Smith and just not wearing a shirt at <laughs> any point during it. I would, yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty safe. That'd be like two to one odds, I think, that coups <laughs> went <Right. laughs> doing that. So, all right, uh, we're gonna dive into some uh viewer questions. Thank you guys so much, as always, for joining us in the chat. We always, always love that. Uh, we did have somebody on youtube jacob that said go reds
1: yeah absolutely go red <laughs> although it's gonna be hard with the dodgers it's, it's year. Very...
0: <laughs> it is you know you just gotta gotta deal with it but i'm gonna bring up some questions that we got on the last podcast because that podcast ran a little long um and we didn't have time to get to all the questions so i'm gonna start with those first and then get to the ones that i've seen today uh so First one is, who is your starting five in game number one?
1: Um, I mean, who I would start and who Frank would start would probably be different. I assume he goes back to JaVale at center in the regular starting five. I think at this point I would start Dwight. Um, he's been so good through the whole playoffs. Um, but I I still think the Lakers will go big, and I think they'll probably go JaVale.
0: I I think so, too. I mean – I actually would start Javale. I would. I think this is a series that he can have some success, and I, I don't think he's going to play more than like ten minutes a game. So uh, I'm fine with him going back to the original starting lineup. And now, if it doesn't work and you're starting to see some issues in games one and two, maybe the Lakers get off to some slow starts. I would put Dwight in the game just from you know because of his energy is is contagious. I think, and you know it's. It's something that gave the Lakers a, a pretty big boost in that, that Nuggets series when he decided to just focus on playing basketball. And, yeah, that's – so I would I would go with JaVale to start, but I'd have him on a pretty short leash because th- at the end of the day, this is the NBA Finals, and uh, there, there should be no long leashes <laughs> allowed in this series, even for playoff rondo. So I will say this could be a big Keefe series because –
1: Olenek basically plays backup center. Mm-hmm. Um, I look, him and Bam have only shared the court for like 22 minutes in the playoffs, I think it was. Um, so Keefe, yeah, they've shared the court 26 minutes. Um, I could see Keith getting some backup center minutes against Olenek as well.
0: Yeah, 100%, 100%. Next question was, is there any possibility that Anthony Davis wins finals MVP if the Lakers win this series?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, God, I'm just thinking of LeBron coming up short in the regular season MVP and the the big deal he made about it and then not even win finals. But, I mean, Anthony Davis has been incredible in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to imagine this was the first time he's been past the second round um he's averaging well that's certainly not right it feels like it but he's not averaging 87.1 points per game um as, <laughs> as nba stats just said but uh um, still has nothing on
0: Timothy mozgov
1: yeah that's a Timofey mozgov stat line <laughs> uh but no absolutely he's been playing really well if he's able to yeah here it is 28 points um nine rebounds four assists uh, almost a block and a half and a steal and a half a game. Yeah, I could see it. Like, he's they've been 1A and 1B for the whole playoffs. Um, I think if it came down to it, if it was that close, LeBron would probably um, get the benefit of the doubt. But no, Anthony Davis, he's been absolutely incredible this, this playoffs, considering this is really his first deep playoff run and especially his first playoff run as a favorite. Mm. Uh, he's been unreal
0: yeah i mean they're, these guys are 1a and 1b right like it's i mean it's it's a little different than than shaq and kobe back in the day because at that at that point even though kobe came up huge in a lot of big playoff moments for them and he, he was just unreal i mean at the time especially given the the age that he was shaq was was like the clear number one guy like shaq was i mean Shaq is arguably the most dominant player in the history of the game and like that was like prime Shaq. Um this I mean this is just truly a 1A and 1B and I I, I mean Shaq and Kobe were 1A 1B too. But there's nights where AD is the best player for the Lakers, the most impactful player for the Lakers because of what he can do defensively and just I mean he's had games like especially in the playoffs where I'm like I look and I'm like oh he's at 35 points. <laughs> like absolutely. Like it's it's crazy. So I If if I had to put like a percentage on it, I would say if the Lakers win, I would give LeBron uh, an edge. I'd say like probably 60% chance LeBron wins finals MVP. I would say 40% or no, 39% AD, 1% Alex Caruso.
1: Oh, I think you're going to say playoff Rondo. I would say if uh, if a big thing, if AD were to win finals MVP, it probably means he also locked up Bam pretty well as, uh, as well.
0: Yeah. No, for sure, but there's there's definitely a, a pretty good chance that AD does win Finals MVP, but LeBron would be my favorite for, to to win that if the Lakers do win this series. So, all right, uh, getting to today's chat, uh, we got a lot of people with some predictions. Chase, what's going on, man? Uh, Chase says Lakers in six. Uh, Dylan made up a bunch of fake uh, fake news, basically uh, that we wouldn't let him on the pod. Uh, I mean, I guess it is true that we we, we, we Dylan is just, like, permanently on probation uh, for for the way he uh, carries himself and his antics. But he did say get that Celtic Celtic ass on the last pod. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't get to see that opportunity. I was kind of hoping for that. But uh, we got asked about the Lakers' rotation, which I think is an interesting question because the Lakers have been deeper than (laughs) – I mean, NBA pundits won't won't admit it. Basically, the Lakers suck after – A.D. and LeBron, according to a lot of NBA people. But their rotations have been deeper than the teams that they've played, and I think that's kind of what we're going to see in in this series as well.
1: They played 10 guys all in each of the games last season – or last uh, series, excuse me. Um, if this gets into a war of attrition, I mean, I mentioned earlier, the Heat are basically down to seven guys playing big minutes. Um The longer this series goes, I would assume the more it favors the Lakers. But, I mean, also, we've heard the stories of, like, the psychotic conditioning drills that the Heat have. So, maybe it won't matter. But, no, they I definitely think there's an advantage to having um, a deep rotation. Honestly, been a little surprised at how well the Lakers have been able to pull it off. Um, Typically, when the playoffs come, you shorten your rotation. But, Mm -hmm. um To Vogel and the the team's credit, they haven't. Aside from the Houston series, where everything was just kind of weird, they haven't had to shorten their rotation really at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy to see because I think we even brought that up heading into the playoffs. Is that you know, all right, now we're going to see kind of what this rotation is really going to look like because, like you said, teams typically go to a shorter rotation and play their best players heavy minutes. We haven't really seen that a whole lot. Like there hasn't been like those 42, 43 minute type games for LeBron and AD, which is, which is great, which is great. Obviously you want to keep them fresh for most important games, but, um, now it's, it's, it's all out. Like go all in last series and, uh, hopefully, you know, the the Lakers depth can, can help them. And, help push them past this Heat team because it's, it's definitely going to be tough. So uh, The fact
1: that Bron is only averaging 35 minutes a game, which is only slightly higher than what he was in the regular season in the playoffs, I mean, that's also huge too. There haven't been had to be any big minutes on his legs yet in the playoffs. I'd imagine this is probably as fresh as he's been and maybe since his very first finals appearance um, because – I mean, I'm looking at it now. He played over 40 minutes in the first game and the most recent game, and those are the only two times he's played over 40 minutes in the playoffs so far.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, uh, Bevers. Hi, Bevers. Uh, Bevers is is awesome. I just wanted to give Bevers a shout-out, <laughs> especially for this comment. Hani didn't want to turn off his AC tonight. That's why he's not on. I think we got to the bottom of it. Hani uh, has been – sweating through these podcasts to, to improve his, his audio quality. So shout out to honey. He's, he's taking one for the team, but uh, Bevers also asks, who do you guys want to see uh, for the closing lineup? And who's the Lakers X factor uh, for Bevers to say, Danny green uh, hitting those threes against the zone, but also having to guard Jimmy Butler.
1: Um, in terms of a single player, I mean, green's a really good shout. Um, mm-hmm. At some point, I was told he was going to start hitting threes in the playoffs. (laughs) Um, It'd be really cool if he started doing that. I mean, I was going to say Kuzma, but that feels like that's been the answer the whole season. Um, It'd be really cool if Bubble Kuz could come back as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll still say Kuzma because, like, when he's playing well, it – really changes a lot of what the Lakers are able to do um when he's shooting the ball well which has been and has come and gone during the time in the bubble but um Danny green's also a really good really good pick as well I mean really you could pick just about any anybody that's gonna have open looks for the Lakers as you mentioned and they're gonna need to knock down threes against this zone,
0: yeah for me it would be k c p or or Danny Green for basically the same reasons. They're going to have open threes and they got to make them. Uh, it's pretty simple as that. And then defensively, they got to they got to bring it because they're going to have some tough assignments. Either chasing guys through screens and, and you know staying close to shooters or guarding a guy like a Jimmy Butler that can drive towards towards the rim and, and get to the free throw line a lot. If they can keep Jimmy Butler off the free throw line, I think that'll go a long way for the Lakers. So I had
1: one thing him mentioning that. Um... Him saying Danny Green on Butler. I don't know that he'll be on Butler. Um, because that would mean LeBron would have to be on Duncan Robinson. And I don't see him chasing him around on screens. Um, I honestly think LeBron is probably going to be on Jimmy Butler. Or they put AD on Jimmy Butler and LeBron on Crowder. I'm not sure, but... Um, I don't think Danny Green's going to be – I think Danny Green will probably be on Duncan Robinson.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how each team matches up with one another. And, I mean, I'm curious to see, like, how much Jimmy Butler guards LeBron in this series because they're obviously going to want to keep him fresh for the offensive side of the ball. And that's – I mean, guarding LeBron for an entire series, man, is is tough. And that's kind of why I was blown away with Jeremy Grant's level of play in the last series because he guarded LeBron basically whenever he was on the court, and he still was very effective offensively. So – um, key thing to watch is, is those matchups for sure. So, uh, let's see, we did have somebody say heat and six. So if you're still watching this, get out, but nope. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, no, it's going to be a tough series for sure. Um, my, he said Miami heat has too much depth. I, I do think, um, I don't know. I want to, I don't want to say that their depth is like overrated because their rotation is pretty short. Like you said, Jacob, they basically play seven guys. And if you look at their last game, they played, seven guys, and I think Solomon Hill played like five minutes. He was their eighth guy. So um, I don't know if it's necessarily like, I mean, in a way it is depth. It's not like they're going 10 deep, but the rest, basically from one through seven, they're all dangerous in their own way. So I I do agree that Miami's depth in that sense can um, pose a problem. Um, Let's see. They said Miami, he can absolutely upset the Lakers. Um, He has a better defense. Plus nobody on the Lakers can guard the stud Tyler Hero. I'm, Dying at all these people saying the Lakers have nobody to guard player X in every series when they guard, <laughs> guarded Lillard, they guarded Harden and, and Russ and then Jamal Murray. And yeah, now it, apparently it's Tyler hero. I don't think it's really about individual matchups. I think it's team defense and the Lakers have been probably a top three to five defensive team in the league all season long. So Miami's very good defensively, but so are the Lakers. Uh, so don't overlook them defensively. It's going to be it's going to be a slugfest for sure. Can Miami win the series? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to, you know, sell them short by any means. They're very good and there's a very, you know, there's a lot of reasons why they're here. But um yeah, I I think the Lakers are the better team, so I and I may be biased in saying that, but I also I mean, look at their their records in the regular season and you know, just getting to this point, I, th- I just think the Lakers are the best team, and yeah, the Heat can win for sure. But
1: this is I'm trying to think—is this the? I don't, I don't like this word, but because again, it makes it sound like the Heat aren't good. But is this the easiest offense the Heat
0: or the Lakers will have to face in the playoffs? Um, in some ways, I think in some ways, you know. Well, you know, Jimmy Butler is really, really good. Um, Obviously, he's not the offensive – doesn't have the offensive firepower of a Damian Lillard or a James Harden, you know, those types of guys. And the way Jamal Murray played, Jamal Murray played like a top 10 player uh, in this playoff run. Uh, One of those
1: shots he was making, yeah. yeah. I would say maybe – again, I don't like – the word easiest just – Makes it sound like it's not a challenge. This is still, I mean, they're in the finals, so obviously it's a challenge. But between having to stop a absolutely red hot Dame and CJ in round one, um, the weird offense the Rockets were running, um, and then the Murray Jokic two van game um, with Murray playing the best basketball of his life. I don't know. I I mean, maybe, maybe this will come back to bite me, but I'm not as—at least on the offensive end—I'm not as worried. Having played those three teams before, now I would say this is easily the best defensive team they've played in the hmm. playoffs. So it's a little bit of a trade-off.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know. That's—it's a tough question because I—I think the answer is yes and no. Um, just because. Maybe the, the top-end firepower, like I said, the, the they don't have to go up against a Lillard or a Harden and Westbrook and Murray and Jokic, um, and obviously C.J. McCollum, too, um, in the first round. But this Heat team can beat you in so many different ways, right? With their, their personnel, they're just really good, like we said, from one through seven. Uh, they can beat you with three-point shooting. Jimmy Butler going towards the basket, uh, beating you from mid-range. Bam Adebayo can beat you either inside and out. So, yeah, I'd say yes and no just for different reasons, but make no mistake about it, this, this Heat team is, is going to be quite the challenge.
1: There is definitely a higher variance in the Heat offense just because Duncan Robinson, Hero, even Drogic at times this postseason can get hot, and suddenly it's a, a lot tougher. So maybe in that aspect where you don't necessarily know where it's going to come from, um, it, it'll it be tougher because, I mean, you knew it was going to come from Dame. Hmm. You knew it was going to come from Harden. You knew it was going to come from Murray or Jokic. On this one, there's any number of guys, um, which is kind of how the Lakers have done things this season as well, at least with their third superstar – or their third uh, best player, I should say. Um, yeah. So I guess there's a, there's a level of variance, but um, I – I would probably say this is the easiest of the offenses but again they're in the finals so they're not an easy offense.
0: Yeah, it's a it's just kind of a different challenge than I think than what the Lakers have seen. So All right, last question that we got was do you think the Lakers can sweep the Heat because they definitely have the size?
1: I sweep would be bold um that being said that what he brings up about the size i really think is going to be an advantage for the lakers um i think these are all going to be really close games mm. so if by some miracle that they win all four of them then that is immense amounts of trash talk that we will have <laughs> um i could see it it'd be a very i'd say like a 5% chance of it happening though. I mean, they're all going to be close, but that'd be a very surprising outcome to me.
0: Yeah, I think they can, I just don't think that they will. I think Miami at least gets a game and I agree with you Jacob that it's it's going to be a close series. Like it's going to be one of those series that kind of what we saw in the the last round where everybody was saying, "Oh, the Nuggets could easily be up 2-1 in this series." Right? Like it I think it's going to be that type of series where um probably going into game four or game five, you're going to say, well, we're a couple plays away from this series being this way instead of how it is. So I, I think it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a grind. Um, but Lakers in five has not let me down yet, so that, <laughs> that's why I decided to stick with it. But uh, I just think this te- this Lakers team is rolling right now, and I just have a hard time seeing a LeBron and AD team losing four times out of seven. It's just really, really hard for me to see that. So
1: That's the biggest thing I've come back to is – uh, more than just them losing, I don't see Miami beating this team four out of seven times. Um, the The Lakers are AD is playing out of his mind, maybe as well as he's played all season. LeBron in the finals, it, everybody knows the history there. Um, I don't see this team losing four out of seven games.
0: Yep. I, I agree, and this like like we said, this it's no disrespect to this Heat team because they're very very good. Uh, I like this Heat team a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna like them for the next week or two, but uh, I, I like them a lot. They're very resilient. They're very tough, and they're kind of like the Nuggets, where like the Nuggets just didn't really go away. You know, it seemed like every time the Lakers would deliver a punch, the Nuggets would just kind of creep their way back. And uh, this this Heat team has a similar quality like that. So that's why I think it's. I'd be very surprised if the Lakers. Have any games in this series, or even vice versa, that either team blows the other one out um, in any of these games? I think they're going to be hot, hard-fought games, but I, like I said, I like like you said, Jacob, always come back to it's LeBron and AD. I just I can't see them losing four times out of seven. I just can't. So, all right, uh, we're going to end on this comment <laughs> that Anthony Irwin would probably appreciate. But uh, TCG Jake on Twitch says. Hani not turning off his AC won't be the only time we see AC, Alex Caruso, beat the oh. Heat this week. Oh. <laughs> he okay. I said I'll see <laughs> said, I'll see myself out.
1: That is Anthony's burner again. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: We're gonna see ourselves out too. So <laughs> I wanted to get that in there because it, you know, Alex Caruso. So we're gonna get out of here. Um This was fun, man. Jacob, this was super last minute. I was prepared to do this thing on my own because of some technical difficulties uh, for Hani, but I appreciate you jumping on with me. We're both going to be Reds fans uh, during this this baseball (laughs) postseason run, uh, so go Reds uh, since my baseball team sucks. And uh, yeah, we're going to take off. But as always, guys, we do these podcasts live. Uh, We stream them live on Twitch. So follow us on Twitch.tv/LakersOutsiders, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube and turn on those notifications so that you get notified when we're going to go live. Give it about five or ten minutes usually to let people kind of gather in, and then we go go live and, and include the chat in in our discussion as well. Uh, we're going to be live after every game, so we'll be back on here 24 hours from now talking about Game One of the NBA Finals. No matter how many times I say that, like it it just it feels great and puts a smile on my face, but um and, and then like us on facebook as well facebook.com slash lakers outsiders and we'll be we'll be live there as well and again these will be edited after the fact and thrown up on any podcast platform that you can find us on which i mean we should be on just about all of them at this point so uh jacob again thank you so much for joining me um but we're gonna get out of here until uh after game one of the nba finals this is gary Kessler with jacob rude and the lakers outsiders signing off
1: Shout out DJ Binger.